crunches right now. <laughs> Dude, every time I hear that, ooh, 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 like I always think like Sonya's getting like banged by Kano or something. <laughs> Dude, I just imagine like. I'm like shirtless, I'm covered in fucking baby oil, and some dude's just punching me in the stomach, and I'm just taking it like a champ. You're a bum, you've always been a bum. Hit me harder, you goddamn pussy. <laughs> well, I guess that's a perfect lead-in to what we're going to be talking about next. Perfect. Uh, today we're talking about NBA, well, we're talking about sports. We'll say we're talking yeah. about sports. Yeah, we're going to be talking about sports today. Um, in particular, that probably with that intro... Uh, I think we should probably talk about the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. Uh, when we don't give a mad hook what you think, we only care about what we think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. It's episode number six, motherfucker. Yes. All right. Well, let's get started. You want to just like smoothly. Uh, yeah, I'm being lazy right yeah, now. Just, I just no, fucking. I'm just fucking. I've been up since started. five o'clock in the morning. Like I did. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Seven to... hours of yard work in the 105 degree heat. We don't need to edit this shit. I installed an AC unit today and it was fucking hot as balls out there. And... By the time you guys are probably listening to this podcast, it's probably like like cuddly ass fucking, uh, fucking October weather. But we're yeah. slowly but surely we're figuring out this pod game out, podcast game out. And, you know, we're going to work out all the kinks. Um, I, we apologize for the last podcast. That was probably our best podcast, but the audio has been pretty shitty. Yeah. It's been clipping and making weird noises, but just bear with us, stay with us. Um, keep telling me undies we want their sponsorship. I want In and Out to sponsor us. By the time you hear this, we'll be sponsored by uh, NASCAR. We'll have NASCAR sponsorships. Yeah. So we'll okay. be wearing NASCAR jackets with like M&M logos on it. <laughs> Valvoline and all that. <laughs> Dude, NASCAR is like the one sport I can never get into. Yeah, speaking of sports, NASCAR sucks. Yeah. Right now we are sponsored by Teddy Rockspin, though. <laughs> so, that's our one sponsor, Teddy Rockspin. Go on, get it for your kids. Nice. And um, True Car. If True Car, you're listening to this, I want to get fucking sponsored by you guys, yeah. too. I'm not even really sure what you guys fucking do, but please sponsor us. Give us money um, so we can... Um, quit our day jobs yeah anybody that gives us money you're cool yeah if you just want to show up to my house right now and give me money i'm fine with that i'll give you a shout out on the podcast you don't have to show up to my house just send me envelopes with money in them and that works too uh, anyways uh, oh, okay let's, so um <laughs> let's cut the bullshit and uh let's get started here so one of the things we want to talk about today being july 22nd is the uh, NBA and the way the NBA is structured with super teams and that's a conversation that we've kind of been talking privately mm-hmm. about uh, I would say specifically about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Golden State Warriors, the basic setup of East West and how predictable the NBA has become. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a that's I would say that's topic number one. We'll evolve the conversation as as it progresses, yeah. you know. Especially since today or yesterday, the news broke out that Kyrie Irving would like to be traded to your favorite team, to my favorite team, which is the San Antonio Spurs. Which is kind of struck me weird because I would think I, I I mean, well I can't say that I would I mean I would, you know in all honesty if I was a, a better at basketball I'd want to play for Popovich as well but. I was hoping like uh, his list would have my favorite team on there, which is the Lakers, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, his list was what? It was the Spurs. The Spurs, the Heat, the 
the Timberwolves and the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. So. And the Knicks should not be on anyone's list ever. Yeah, it's like you were saying earlier today. Like I feel like the Knicks are like eternally cursed. Like every team oh, yeah. has like has gone up and down, including like the fucking Grizzlies. But it's just like the Knicks have always sucked. Like even when they were good, they sucked. Yeah, I've I've never. As long as I've been alive, I've never respected the Knicks as a real contender team. No. And that's fucking sad to say because they had Patrick Ewing at one point, and I got to see that guy play, but I never respected it. So. <laughs> yeah. I felt, always felt like he was like the like on his way to like the fucking wheelchair, like with those badass knees. Like, but um, yeah, I, I don't know why Kyrie would want to say the Knicks. I mean, maybe he just likes to be in that big city. Yeah, I think that that's for a big sponsorship. City, but... But and then like, I, but then again, like, why wouldn't you want to go to LA, especially with the Clippers now having Jerry West? You you know he's gonna get the players you need, um, to you know to be successful. Isn't Kyrie an LA guy? Dude, I honestly I don't know where he's from. I, I want to say somewhere like in the from. Midwest. Maybe he's from New York and that's why he wants to go there. I don't know. I have to get on my Google machine and look that up. But <clears throat> I don't think he is from the West Coast at all. Yeah, I don't know where he's from then. Uh, I honestly. Being a Spurs fan, we've never had like a hot free agent thing. Lamarcus Aldridge is probably like our biggest free agent that we've ever gotten, and, or like uh, Michael Finley. Or <laughs> like it's never Michael Finley. like it's never like a big dude. We never get no one ever says I want to go there. You know, it's usually like L.A., New York, wherever LeBron's playing. That's where people want to go. More recently, Golden State, uh, San Antonio is like, oh shit, this is like a you know, at least top 10 NBA player, and all of a sudden he wants to come to San Antonio. That's cool with me. Dude, okay, not to throw you off topic, but just yeah. to go back, like, where Kyrie Irving was born. I feel like I should know this, yeah. and forgive me for Inglewood. not... No. Uh, totally wrong. Like, he, he's from... He was born in fucking Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Wow, that's random. But he, but he grew up... <laughs> Grew up in West Orange, New Jersey. So oh, okay, New York kind of. But then sense. why would you? I would rather play for the the Nets at this point. Yeah, maybe he grew up a Knicks fan or something. Uh, maybe I guess that makes sense. Then, I yeah. Guess. Um, but anyways, like let's just say hypothetically, Kyrie does go to San Antonio. Dude, you guys are winning the championship right right then, dude. Hypothetically, at that point, you still just only create another super team. Yeah. Which is, is that really what the NBA needs more of? No. Do they need more super teams? Like, right now, it's like, hey, guys, can anyone take Golden State down? No. And that's created this really boring, like, like, it's fun to see, you know. New teams win, but, like, at the same time, like, because, I, I mean, I... When, when it was, like, Boston, San Antonio, and L.A. going back and forth with, like, you know, recently with the championships, like, it was always, like, I'm all, I mean, I, I'm all for the Lakers winning more and more championships every year, being a Laker fan, but, like, I can see it if you're not a fan of anything else, like, why viewership for the NBA dropped, and I was kind of glad, like, when Golden State came up, it was like, okay, the Lakers suck now, it's good to see another California team, they're gonna have to win 15 more championships to catch up to Pretty boring to watch. Even when the Spurs were playing against uh, Miami, uh, you kind of knew Miami was going to be there. The Spurs still had to, you know, the Spurs were, it's not really a super team. This is kind of Kawhi being really young. I think he was like a 22-year-old at the mm -hmm. time. No one really knew who he was unless you actually watched the Spurs. So to me, that was a fun, 
fun NBA because Golden State, or I'm sorry, uh, OKC was the hot team, uh-huh. and like it was like everyone kind of wanted to see Golden, or uh, sorry, keep saying Golden State, keep wanted to see OKC go up against uh, LeBron again, which would have been fun. I will, admittedly, I'll say that that would have been a yeah. fun matchup uh, with uh, with uh, Russell and Kevin Durant and James Harden still there, and like that would have Perkins and Kendrick Perkins and. <laughs> Serge Ibaka, like that was a solid team, and that was a great team too because they did everything the right way. They they drafted all of those players. I think they traded for Kendrick Perkins, who but, is like that's not like a I won't that's yeah, like, I won't not, knock that because it's not like they you know he's he's a he's a solid role player. Yeah, you and, like I remember when they got him, like everyone was like, all right, OKC's got the championship for the next three years. This is before like Golden State went on any kind of winning streak. Yeah, but like it was like oh man, like that that was like a like a move like that's like the Lakers. Like when they landed Pau Gasol, like I mean, Pau Gasol is not like an all-time great, but he's good enough to get you over the hump, and that's like what we everyone saw at that time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, now it's like you're watching. You're watching just like okay, we got we got to wait a whole year for freaking um, the 82 games to see the Warriors take on the Cavs again, or like I said, whatever team LeBron's on is gonna fucking play again. And it's like it's anticlimactic this point it definitely is dude and um and like i'm pretty sure there's like in the nba circles i'm pretty sure people are already like trying to figure out ways of getting rid of that yeah and and one of the ways that i've talked to you about is getting rid of east versus west which would i think that would be great because Okay, you look at, like, why that exists is because this is before, like, charter planes were in existence and teams, you know, had to travel by bus or whatever. So it was more convenient for, you know, you know NBA players to play within their divisions. You know, like, you know, the Lakers, you know, their, their farthest trip is going to be their Sacramento or Phoenix, you know, for, you know, their divisional games. And then once every, like, twice a year, you're going to have to go to, to New York, you know. But, it was, but mostly you're playing, you know, Phoenix, you know. <laughs> or the San Diego Clippers or whatnot. Yeah. But it's just like now, I mean, with the advent of technology and charter planes and the more money that's invested into the league, like you don't really need that East West thing anymore. Yeah, every team owns their own plane now. And like you I think a lot of people will kind of forget like you know, teams like Memphis or something like that, like it's not really a big deal for for Memphis to fly to New Jersey or you know, as it is to like fly to Portland, like it's probably further. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a lot further for them to fly to Portland than it is to fly to Cleveland. Yeah. Even though they're like east versus west, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I mean, yeah, it puts teams like Toronto at a disadvantage if they have to fly across country to go play the Lakers or something. If they, you know, in a hypothetical playoff scenario. But um, I don't know. I mean, for the most part, like, you know, that's kind of. But we're and I think what we're talking about too is is when it comes to playoff seeding because I think it's unfortunate that like a good team um, that you know stayed above five hundred particularly in the West is xed out because you know you'd be technically the ninth seed I should say this they they would be the ninth seed you know in the West yeah. but in the East they'd be like the fourth seed and I think that's unfortunate so I think for divi- we should keep the divisions because yeah I mean it is a it would solve that problem. Like it would suck to play like, you know, Toronto versus the Lakers like seven times a year. Or yeah. Whatever. I mean, for that purpose, yeah, you know, to determine 
you know, divisional champs and whatnot. And, like, that's cool. Like, let's keep that going. Yeah. But as far as, like, overall playoff seating, let's just go off of your total record. doesn't matter if if New York is number one and, you know, the Lakers are number two. That That's just how it's going to ride out. And I think that would make it, things more interesting. It, that the top two teams, no matter where you're at, you know, on the geographical map, you're going to, you know, you're headed towards, you know, finding each other in the, in, at the finals. Yeah, I agree. I think if you take the top 16 teams – and you make them play each other, that's going to be good basketball. Mm-hmm. But if you take the top eight teams in the West and the top four teams in the East and then a bunch of like garbage teams that no one wants to see. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. Nobody wants to see the Charlotte Bobcat or the Charlotte Hornets like actually play. Cause play the, Cleveland. Yeah, for the most part, it's like you don't really even know who's on that team. No. Like Those are like a bunch of like – Dudes that were like bad draft picks, or just like dudes that were on, on the last leg of like their NBA career, and they end up there, but somehow they make the playoffs. Getting that like, fucking veterans minimum. Yeah, it's like at that point, yeah, it's the eighth seed going against the number one Cleveland Cavaliers, and it's like, dude, you know they're gonna get swept. And it doesn't make anything interesting at all. Yeah, and this is like that's bad basketball. If we're gonna have, because the NBA, the NBA playoff season is what like three months long. Do we really want three months of bad basketball? It's just – it's hard to watch. And it's – all the action is happening in the West. And it's a total, like, cannibal situation in the West where it's, like, hypothetically, like, you could have, like, the Spurs playing uh, Golden State as the final. Like, that, and I feel like, you know, like, that would be a pretty sick finals. But then it's, like, okay, one of those teams loses – now they gotta go play like whoever's left in the East, and it's just like they're just gonna destroy whoever's left in the East. Like, and this has been the conversation for years because I remember like when the Lakers would play like the Kings, like in the Western Conference Finals. I remember the 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 narrative like in high school was, oh okay, this is the real finals because we're gonna mop up the New Jersey Nets or whatever. Like, yeah. You know, it was just like it was laughable. We fucking swept right through them, and it, that's like no one wants that. Advertisers don't want that, and people. You know, they know what to watch for, and it's almost become a calamity at this point. Yeah. Or, like you were saying earlier, like, no one gives a fuck about, like, you know, the one versus eight seed in the East. Like, no one's watching that game. No one's at all is watching that game. But I would rather see fucking the one seed in the East play fucking the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that'd you be know? sick. That would be, that'd be awesome to see. I mean, and it makes everything more, more watchable. And not only that, it... It will legitimize, I think, players better because I think, and I know I, I, I sound like a LeBron hater, and <laughs> I, I fucking am, but like LeBron's legacy of him going to seven straight NBA Finals to me is like that's not nothing to brag about. You went to seven straight NBA Finals and you won two of them, three of them, three of them, three of them. Okay, should and, be but, two though. Yeah, it should be, but we'll get into that in another time. <laughs> But <laughs> sorry, dude. No, that's cool. <laughs> I was actually rooting for you that game. But um, to me, it's bullshit because it's you, it's seven straight finals appearances in the Eastern Conference. Like, like, can you name the second best team every year out of that? Like, I'll sit and wait for you guys to think of that, and I bet you guys can. And if you can, and the one off the top of my head was Toronto last year, and it's just like, where's Toronto now? Like. Yeah, okay, that's a very interesting conversation there. Like, the second best team in the East. So, like, let's forget about Cleveland for a second. 
you look at the second best team, it's kind of like the way we don't really respect the Clippers in the West, where you know they're going to end up as like the fourth or fifth seed or whatever. And lose in the second round. Yeah, like you, you know they're there. They're a threat. If your team gets hurt, like if your star player goes down, all of a sudden they're a threat and they can beat you. Yeah. That's kind of what I feel like Toronto hopes for every year, that LeBron like pulls his eight, like pulls his hamstring and like all of a sudden you have a fighting chance. Yeah. That's Toronto, and that's – and I would say up until last year, that's what Boston is. I feel Boston now with Gordon Hayward, they actually have a fighter's chance of like taking down Cleveland. So it might be interesting. Now that East. Kyrie's gone, I mean, if Kyrie was still there, yeah. and let's say they traded somehow got Carmelo, it's not even a contest again. It goes back to that super team format. Yeah. But I still feel, I was like, okay, if they trade away Kyrie, let's say they trade Kyrie to New York, they're going to get Carmelo. And you're still, Boston is going to be the second banana to Cleveland like they're not it's not oh, Gordon yeah. Hayward doesn't get you over that hump at all yeah if Kyrie's still there yeah Boston's still number two Washington's still number three Toronto's number four yeah and it's just like that. that's such weak fucking dick sauce right there man. yeah cause Toronto in the west is like six seed at best mm-hmm. and it's like man even okay even if they are six seed in the West, like you're getting bounced out the first round. Like, oh, yeah. You're not making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Definitely. Finals. Like, uh, no, you're getting bounced out the first fucking round, dude. Yeah, it's just bad basketball. They need to get rid of that. Like, as basketball fans, we're both huge basketball fans. It fucking sucks to watch the Eastern Conference. I can't watch that shit. And I grew up. This is this is what I used to do, like in grade school, because like I was always a good boy and I'd finish my homework early and shit. <laughs> And in class, I would sit there and make like playoff brackets, like the East one and the West one, and I'd make predictions, and then like I'd update my bracket, like like kind of like Final Four, like or March Madness or whatever, and like I stopped doing that in high school because it was just like oh, I already know what's gonna happen. Lakers are gonna go all the way here, and the Nets are gonna be here, and, then, and you know it just became it, the excitement went away because the super teams started to develop, yeah. and. When would you say, like, that fucking started to take place? You know what? I'm... I guess, really, if you were, like, really, really, really thinking about it, it would be, like, the Carl Malone to the Lakers thing. You think so? I think that was the first super team. I think it started before that. Okay. I would say that the Houston Rockets tried to do that when they had Barkley, Clyde Drexler, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Scottie Pippen. They tried for that. And, I mean, unfortunately, it was players, like, at the tail end of their career. Yeah, that's why I would say that that wasn't, like, a super team. But that's what they were trying for, yeah. and then, like, it just didn't fizzle out because, you know, youth is always going to out, you know, do, you know, experience in basketball. Yeah. But, and then I think Portland tried it a little bit, too, and Scotty Pippen yeah. went there. And then, then like I said, then, yeah, of course, when Carl Ballone and Gary Payton, you know, joined the Lakers. But it set, it set the stage for the bigger things that happen. But the first modern-day one, and I think the one that sets up a lot of things... Presently? Presently would probably be Boston's Big Three when they first put that together. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets into motion that LeBron could not beat those guys. Yeah. And LeBron, at this point in his career, I really respected LeBron. I was like... You know, I was actually a big LeBron fan. Yeah, I was like, well, you know what? LeBron is playing for his hometown. He's going up against, like, he's an underdog pretty much every single time he plays Boston. And he was doing everything by himself, quote-unquote. Yeah, he was, like, the all-around guy. He was, like, a triple-double machine. He's 
you know, his second best player is like Mo Williams. Williams. It, it's just like it was like this guy is not getting enough credit. If this guy ends his career with no rings, at least you know he was a respectable no rings guy because mm-hmm. he did everything the right way. Then he pulls this chicken shit move of like the decision, the decision, which was strike number one. Like this total, like, and it was ego. such a bitch move too because it's like, how are you gonna fucking set up this big old like you know program like where you're gonna decide you're gonna tell everyone where you're where you're gonna go next year. You're, you're you're basically gonna break the fucking your your hometown's heart right yeah. now. Like every I saw right through it. I was like, why would you have a decision to say or and garner all this ESPN and TNT coverage just to say, oh, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay in Cleveland. No, the motherfucker, you're moving to fucking fucking uh, Miami. I thought he was gonna stay in Cleveland. I was like, he's gonna, because he, he was doing like a boys and girls charity thing, and that's what the that whole thing was. And I was like, oh, I just trying to raise money for the boys and girls club, whatever. And then he drops that news, and I think it that set a lot of other things into motion. Yeah. Him going to Miami with D Wade and Chris Bosh, then it created like, oh, these are not just this is not just a super team. These are all younger dudes in their primes. They conspired to get together. Yeah, like. And that. if you remember, Chris Paul was supposed to be a part of that as well. Yeah, Chris. Well, the whole Chris Paul thing was already going on in the West, where like the Lakers tried to get him. But and, they tried to do that because they were trying to block that from happening yeah. as well. So that's why, um, you know, the Hornets were trying to trade him away, and then you know it got blocked for the Lakers. But then you know they were ultimately they like that got set into motion because they didn't want because the talk was after the Olympics, I think it was, or uh, the World FIBA Games. Yeah. You know, Chris Paul, Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade and LeBron all wanted to play together. And I think Carmelo Anthony was kind of in on that too, but he was, you know, more or less the outsider on that. And, you know, they were all conspiring like, hey, let's either go to Chicago, which was Dwayne Wade's hometown, or Miami, which, you know, would have been, you know, the fun or more fun place to play. Yeah. And that, you know, that was, you know, the route. And I think also the Magic tried to do this too a few years before this where they were trying to get Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady, and Tim Duncan – but since Tim Duncan has class, he stayed with the Spurs. Yeah. But the other two – or in Rashad, Rashad Lewis or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this was like – this actually came together. Like we're three players in their absolute prime, you know, not at the tail end of their career where like, like Kevin Garnett and uh, Ray Allen, you know. Yeah, those guys were all like in the tail end of their career. Yeah, that was do or die. Like even though the Celtics got another ring and they did it above my Lakers, like I wasn't too mad about that because it was just – that's basketball, you know, like you got to do what you got to do to get your ring. But it's just like, I feel like this was bought, you know, almost. It's just like, okay, we're going to fucking break three mark or two markets as hearts, you know, Toronto at this time, small markets, Toronto with Chris Bosch, who was like the face of that organization. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland's heart got broke. I think Dan Gilbert was like, well, fucking, he'll never be welcome back in the city yeah. again. And, just to go to Miami, which is party central, dude. Like, yeah. And you're talking about not one, not two, not three, not four. It was just such an asshole move. You yeah. know, there's no class to it whatsoever. When they did that press conference, that's the thing that took it over the edge, where they really thought, you know, we're going to be a super team. We're going to have, like, all these rings or whatever. And, and it was a dig at Jordan, too. Like, okay, because he stopped at seven. Like, yeah. why would you stop at seven? Jordan. Yeah. So that was already like, okay, so now LeBron has a target on his back. 
And all of a sudden, this I still feel like this is the NBA still being really fun because Dallas wins a championship, then Miami wins a championship, and the Spurs win a championship. So it's just like it starts to me like at this point it's a little bit unpredictable, still you know because it's three different champions, three different years. Mm-hmm. Still kind of fun to watch. Um, this is when LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Is really when. All of a sudden, that ultra super team in in the West starts developing, which is Golden State. And now I feel like everyone's just – it's like a giant gap between Golden State and the next best team. Honestly, though, I feel like even though like I'm starting to develop like that Utah Jazz, San Antonio Spurs, like hatred for the, the, the Warriors – I'm not too mad about the way the Warriors went about doing what they did um, because, I mean, they drafted all of their players. They did everything almost the right way. Yeah, they did pick up Kevin Durant, you know, last year, which is kind of like, you know, the move, you know, the LeBron move or whatever you could say. You want to say anything salty? But it was a little bit more organic than the way, like, LeBron does it. Like, LeBron... He jumps in with three people in Miami. Okay, he starts to have like you know disagreements with them. So guess what? I'm going back to Cleveland, and then all of his little cronies follow him over there. So it's basically the Miami Heat. Like all the players from Miami Heat just follow him over to <laughs> to Cleveland or whatever. And it's just like everything just seems so bought with LeBron and cheaply bought like out in the East. Whereas like I feel like. But you could say you could say that with the West. I mean, you had all these. You had Sasha Petulia. You had uh, David West. You had dudes that were just like following the rings. That were just like, I have a shot here. I'm gonna go there. True. I mean, but to me that was like more basketball, just being basketball. Kind of like, oh boy, kind of like Gordon Hayward, like moving towards. You know, he he. You know, he's not gonna go anywhere with Utah. You know, he's played there for a while. You know, hey, guess what? I'm going to join, like, an up-and-coming team like the Celtics right yeah. now. You know, like that, I mean, I'm sure, like, there's some Utah Jazz fans out there that are pissed off at Gordon Hayward for that. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's just doing, it's just, a, to me, like a normal basketball decision. He did it with class. He thanked Utah, and he went to Boston, you know. Got his money, went to Boston, which, I mean, if Kyrie, if they if they don't get anything for Kyrie in Cleveland, I mean Boston does have a chance to go to the finals. But I mean, to me, I, I, maybe I'm not able to articulate it right. But in my mind, I feel like that's a, a like when you talk about Zaza Pachulia, David West, and uh, Andrew Bogut. Like to me, those aren't like grand players, like no, you know, no, Wayne I... Wade or anything. I mean, those are just like role players, like like when the Lakers got Robert Ory. You know? Yeah, no, but I, but at the same time, like, you know, in Miami, like, Birdman's not an all-star, and, like, no, uh, all those dudes that would follow him, like, uh, what the hell's his name? Cole something, something, Cole Beasley, I don't know. <laughs> Cole Beasley from <laughs> like, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm trying to think of all those dudes that were, like, on the, on Like, Dante team. Jones, James Jones, Just, Mike Miller. Uh, just I yeah like all those players. But it basically be like okay, the Lakers championship team, like okay, when they follow Shaq all the way to Miami one year, like to me that that's cheap, you know. When Shaq goes to Miami, it's just Shaq going there, and they start the rebuilding process in Miami. Like I can't hate on that championship team as much as I love Shaq. I couldn't hate on that championship team. 
But, you know, if everybody followed, like, Shaq to Miami that won the championship with L.A., then I kind of have a problem with that. Like, that feels a little cheap. Like, you already know that the, the, the success is, like, what the recipe for success is, and you're just kind of just, like, copying and paste it as opposed to, you know, plugging, you know, away, like, in free agency and in the draft. Yeah. Making it more organic. It just seems so processed, if you will. I did think it was fucking weak that uh... – like the Cleveland roster had like five number one picks or something like that. Like on it was like LeBron, Kyrie, both number one overall guys. Uh, Tristan Kevin, Thompson was Tristan either. Thompson was like the third overall. Kevin Love was like a top five pick or something. Like it was yeah. just like you look at a roster like that and it's just like man, that is such a bot roster. Yeah. Like and like I'm like I said like there's to me there's a difference between someone leaving a team like in free agency. <clears throat> and I mentioned Shaq. I mean, Shaq did the same thing where he left Orlando where, you know, he had a good situation going, but he saw potential in L.A. And it took him a while to do it, but they did it through, you know, trades and drafts and uh, not even bringing in another big name. But, like, they cultivated this kid named Kobe, you know, from high school to be, you know, a second banana. You know, it, it all was like an organic process, you know. It's like it's like growing, like, a vegetable garden or something that like that was grown you know into something as opposed to like oh okay i'm just gonna buy it. my neighbor already did that i'm gonna buy all that um, well that's that's exactly what uh kevin durant did like that team had just won a championship two yeah. years ago it's not like he went in there and he went in there to like make that team good mm-hmm. he just went in there to like fill in the gaps yeah like the same no respect that i give to uh to lebron it goes to to kevin durant like it could it's it's actually easier like that roster is a much better roster than Miami ever had and I agree I think he just he saw his his meal ticket and he went with it and I agree it's the same move that um, LeBron did and I think the only reason why I don't give Kevin Durant as much shit for it is because it gave LeBron a taste of his own medicine yeah I guess I, I to me it's just kind of like I could see. but that's just me being petty. But it does it does make the NBA look bad. Yeah, I feel like that that makes him look really bad. Like oh, pers- yeah. personally, that one makes makes him look bad because not only did he just leave to a different team, it's not like he was like, okay, I'm from Washington, I'm gonna go back to my hometown, let's try to make the Wizards good. Like, no, he went to the team that just like beat, beat him, him, beat him, and then the year before that, they won a championship. It, it kind of makes him look really weak. Oh yeah, and so like, I don't know, man. I can't give that guy too much respect on that end. Kind of a kind of a wuss move, you know. And I fully agree. So like, and the only reason why I'm not more venomous towards him is because of that. Like, I like I'm that much of a LeBron hater, or it's just like, okay, it doesn't feel good, does it? You know, to, to fucking do that. So. I mean, honestly, I hope somebody else wins next year, not the Golden State Warriors. Quite frankly, I'm goddamn sick and tired of people walking around town with a Golden State Warrior jersey when you know goddamn well, like two years ago, you were wearing a Miami Heat jersey, and then three years before that, you were wearing a Lakers jersey, and probably even before that, you were wearing a fucking Michael Jordan jersey. Like These are all the same people that rock Tom Brady jerseys. Now that's a shot at Patriots fans. Yeah, fuck Patriots. Fuck Patriots, man. I don't. I didn't know you guys a couple of years ago. No. And in in high school and junior high, 
no Patriots fans. No. I mean, you are one of three things. You're either a Cowboys fan, a Raiders fan, or a 49ers fan. Anything outside of that, you were you were on some sort of bandwagon, <laughs> or you moved from out of state somewhere. Wait, I will say this. Seahawks fans, those are specifically the worst. Because yeah. growing up, I need two Seahawks fans. That's it. And uh, we were like Sean Alexander or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like... And that's the only reason I could spot them because they had those like ugly ass like old school Seahawk jerseys, and I was always like, oh god, those are like terrible looking jerseys. And that's it. I only need two people now. Like you'll go to the mall, you'll see like all these fucking Seahawk jerseys. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. You guys didn't even know there was a team up there up until, like, <laughs> up until they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can't tell me. Tell me two other quarterbacks besides Russell Wilson over there. Yeah, they can't do it. Yeah, man. Even even when Hasselback was there, man, like I didn't see any Hasselback jerseys. No, and you won't. Yeah. <laughs> I bet I bet those are hard to find. Yeah, but back to the NBA because I mean I, I do want to save football for the close when football gets oh, a little yeah, bit we'll, closer. We'll get there. But um, no, yeah, I, I honestly think um, that something needs to change in the NBA, and it's not. A lack of superstars, and like that's been like the the argument that you know there was a lack of superstars, and that's why ratings dip. And I was like, dude, there's plenty of superstars. Dude, yeah, there's plenty of superstars. That's why that's why Russell Will or Westbrook won yeah. that won the MVP. On paper, yeah, I mean he put up some very impressive numbers, but in all honesty, and the MVP should have been Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. That, I mean that to me that's what it should have been because to me the the MVP of the league is you know the main player on um, one of the two best teams, and I'm not gonna give it to Durant or or, or Steph Curry because I mean anybody on the fucking uh, Warriors could have you know got them like 80 wins this season. I will say this, and I know he got it because he got a triple double, which is really impressive. Yeah. Um. So I can't knock it. It's not like I'm mad. I did think Kawhi had a better year, but whatever. That's uh, but I think he there. got it though because it was like, okay, that that is our superstar. That is the standout player. Yeah. There's some people that don't like LeBron out there, like you know the Lakers, old Lakers fans like Jacob Pixton. But like, like so it's like that. This is the new guy that they're trying to attach their name to because eventually LeBron's gonna break down. He's a big dude. He's in his 30s now. Uh, Steph Curry is already a made superstar, and it's just like, okay, that would be a because the argument was basically between him and Harden, and Westbrook was more of a character that the NBA can make money off of, and I feel like that's when you really analyze it, I feel like okay, that's why he was in the MVP conversation. But I, I don't understand people's fascination with James Harden. Like he is probably like my least favorite superstar caliber guy in the league. I don't get that guy. It, it's a I don't want to say it's a gimmick, but it, it, it is like it's an image. Like is it because he has a beard? It's is the it beard. Of, is it because he's just like he can score thirty points and he has a beard, and it's just like like when Tracy McGrady was a big thing. Yeah. Like remember Tracy McGrady needed a beard. Yeah, like that's <laughs> all he was missing was a beard. I don't. Uh, yeah, he's the dude. I don't really. If you can get. score thirty points like that, that like you're on your way to like a fucking ninety million dollar Nike contract. But if you have a gimmick like a beard, then oh shit, like. NBA is putting you in every Gatorade commercial, every Sprite commercial. Like you, you got an automatic like foot. Uh, yeah, man. Shoe to, to me, to me, he's on the level of like uh, Blake Griffin, who I don't 
I don't. Res- I'm not saying Blake Griffin sucks. I'm just saying Blake Griffin isn't isn't like the dude I want to build my team around. No. And that's where I see James Harden, where it's like, yeah, he gives me 30 points. He's probably also giving up 40 points to the opposing like bench <laughs> yeah. players. And it's like, man, this guy plays like no D at all. And it's like, at some point, that has to mean something. It's not. I'm not saying you have to be like Kawhi Leonard and defend the best player on the other team, and like also lead your team in scoring. But you gotta at least give me some effort, like. Like, at least Russell Westbrook gives you effort on every play. Yeah. That's why I was like, yeah, that guy's not even in my conversation. Like, if you want to do it between those two guys, yeah, that's hands down Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not hating on Russell Westbrook, but I think the reason – but my whole reason for bringing that to light, though, is just that, you know, that, that the NBA's – or sports pundits knock on the NBA's. They don't have enough stars, like when Jordan left. Um, and, and my argument is, no, you do have superstars. It's just that – the team structure that you guys have in place is so fucking ridiculous. And like we were saying, I mean, to me, the only remedy to it is is instead of, you know, eight teams from the East and the West play, you know, to meet in the finals, just make the top 16, uh, make it just a straight-up bracket with the last two just facing in the finals. How do you feel about a hard cap in the NBA? Uh, it depends on the limit. Yeah. I mean, the limit would have to change, you know, yearly. Or oh, of course. Every, every, like, three years, you have to go up. And, but I feel like it might help. Like, that bullshit that Golden State pulled, that I feel like that's, like, too much. Like, you can't have a team that top-heavy. Like, where it's just like, man, that's not even – the next best team only has three superstars. <laughs> only. You know, like <laughs> – Only. Like, like, three all-stars. You have two MVPs on one team. With like probably like the best six man in the NBA, uh, like coming off your bench, it's like man, like how much how much talent can you put on one team? You know, I don't know. I I, I feel like that's just bad NBA because it's like you as much as people want to like glorify Golden State, you don't want to see Golden State play. Who was the eight seed this year? I don't remember who the eight seed was. Like I think it was like Dallas or somebody. Dallas, it might have been Utah. I don't know, but like you don't want to see that. That's boring basketball. But I don't know. Did it stop recording? I don't know. Let me check real quick. Alright. No, we're good. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I had the sorry everybody. I, talk about technical issues. We're trying out a new program to to record this. So that's cool, man. Um, that's probably much as much as we should talk about the NBA. So um, now, probably the main course. Yeah. So that was probably your potatoes and vegetables right there. That's that's you know you got some potatoes uh, to, and vegetables. Time time for like the steak. Some steak and hot sauce, baby. Um, so <laughs> holy shit, we're getting attacked. Terrorism. <laughs> Dick Cheney's at the door. Sorry if we made you guys sing. It's okay. All right, so we're back. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody, say hello to my illustrious girlfriend, Perla Gonzalez. Hi. Say hi. Hi. Say more than hi. <laughs> She's very shy. She doesn't want to talk. I guess I do all the talking in this relationship now. But anyways, <laughs> back to the point. We're good. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. This is the meat. So we're going to be talking about Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. God damn, I can't even talk. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather Jr. 
We're going to be talking about that. And this is going to be something fun to talk about because we're actually going to go see that in Las Vegas uh, in a month from now. So um, you can thank Perla's boss. Uh, what's his name? Bob. Bob what? I don't want to. Bob. Bob Hogg? Bob. Bob Hogg. Yeah. Bob, Bob Hogg. Bob Hogg. The boss hog. Um, got us uh, free rooms out there in Las Vegas, so we're gonna see uh, Kana beat the shit out of Floyd, hopefully. So, anyways, so what are your thoughts on that, Art? Uh, my thoughts are that hopefully it's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's like legitimately what I uh, what I'm hoping for. I I'm probably I'm probably coming at this with a way more pessimistic view than Jacob is. Because uh, I want Conor McGregor to win. I'd love to see a knockout. I feel like realistically, it's going to be 12 rounds of a lot of like bobbing and weaving. And this, I love the circus that's going on right now, though. I, I am eating up all the press conferences. Very pro wrestling. Like, it's very like, oh man, fuck yeah, this is fun. But at but, the same time, it's going to be a at the same time, we are watching a professional <laughs> boxer fight a professional MMA fighter, which is very different. As much as he might be the world's best, like, street, you know, like, basketball pickup dude in the streets, the minute you have NBA rules, it might not be as good. Now, what do you think, Pearl? How do you, what do you, how's your feeling about the fight? I just don't like Floyd Mayweather. Why don't you like Floyd Mayweather? Are you racist? Oh, racism. Racism. Racist. Racism. No. Is it because he's short? Someone didn't vote for Obama. (laughs) Shut up. No, I just don't like him. I've never liked him. I've never been a fan of him. Well, did it start with De La Hoya, like when he fought De La Hoya? Uh, for me, it I did. Think it was with Canelo. Canelo. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like how he comes out like mocking Mexicans and stuff, because no. he does that a lot. He did that for um, De La Hoya. Yeah. And that oh, was yeah, like a Cinco de Mayo fight. He mm-hmm. did. Now that I remember. Yeah. I, don't, I forgot about that. Yeah, and that's why too. Like that's another reason why I feel like I like for me personally, I hope Conor knocks him down. I, obviously, I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. I've been following him since. He fought Max Holloway, who's actually the current um, featherweight champ right now. And I just thought something there was something special about him. The way he talks, the way he predicts things, the way he just is motivated to like always take it to the next level. Um, it's just something magical Like when you see him. It's like you're, you're witnessing history. So, I mean, I can totally see it. Like if it goes like one or two rounds and, you know, Connor does like one of his magic Mac moments and just, you know, knocks him the hell out. I mean, it that would be one of the greatest things in sports history. Not only because you know you, you get someone who's fought some of the best people ever and's gone forty nine and zero, and then that that all goes to shit and that pretty much delegitimizes delegitimizes boxing. But just the fact that who Floyd Mayweather is, it's like he's he, to me when when you say all the big names like Tyson, um, Muhammad Ali. Joe Frazier, George Foreman, T.I. T.I. <laughs> <laughs> we we he's hear all those big names. It's just like like that like that that those names strike fear. De La Hoya, uh, Macho Camacho. You know, it's just like those like to me the or Julio Cesar uh, Chavez. Chavez. Like 
that senior, not junior, <laughs> of course. Like those are like great fucking fighters. Those are warriors. And when I see when I hear Floyd Mayweather, I just think like this guy that's just like too fast to get hit, and just like a little like oompa loompa looking dude who's like fucking. He just plays the ultimate bad guy. Like I like if you like Floyd Mayweather, like to me you're like you're kind of a bitch. Like I only see bitch made fools wear like that TMT hat or whatever. And it's just like this whole circus with him, like Connor's. Connor's a racist because he told him to dance for me, boy. Like, it's such ridiculous. When, when I did think that was kind of racist. How is that? Okay, to me, like, that's not racist at all. Here, let me tell you why I thought it was racist. Because he comes out, he talks, he comes out rapping to a Biggie song. You can tell he, like, Googled that shit, like, an hour before that. But he's always come out to Biggie. No, I know, but he, start, he yeah. comes out and starts rapping, started rapping it. It's like, all right, whatever. He does, that's the intro music. He does the Notorious thing, whatever. Then he comes out with like a Jay Z album, pandering towards like the Brooklyn audience. Uh, you can tell he knows this jack shit about Jay Z because he brings out his new album, which is like mediocre as fuck. <laughs> and it's like, all right, whatever. He brings him. He does a shot at Fifty Cent, and that's like his whole like, whatever. Then he comes out and he does the whole like dance for me, boy. He talks. He, he does like he he has these very like racially motivated things, which you know when he fought um. When he fought Diaz, like, he did the whole, like, he's, like, calling him a cholo and all these things. Like but that. he is a cholo. <laughs> but, he, but he just has, like, these things that's, like, you, like, these things that are kind of, like, walk the line of, like, what you, what you should say and what you shouldn't say. And just because you want to build a wall, maybe you shouldn't, like, be worried. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be uh, taking those uh, money from, from the clan or something like that. It's just, like, I don't know. He, he walks those lines of, like, yeah, that's probably not the wisest thing you should be saying. But even that, besides the point, I don't give a fuck about those things, honestly. I don't. I don't. But my whole point about that was, is like, people can't cry racism over that, because like to me, like the Irish, English dialect, like dance for me, boy, is like, okay, this is look at the whole Irish song, Danny Boy, like it, like that's like a word that's used frequently, like dude or whatever, like dance for me. It's basically just like demasculinizing. It has nothing to do with race. Like dance for me, boy, is just saying, hey, you're, you're just a, you're just a little folk. Like just dip, get up there and dance for me, you little shit. Like yeah. there's nothing racist well, about that. Completely and honest. then like Floyd Mayweather, like that's all he is. He's racially charged. Like you said, when he fought um, De La Hoya, he fought him on Cinco de Mayo. Came out in a sombrero and basically mocks all of like Mexican culture. So for me, to that, like it's like calling the kettle black. Like I, I, I don't buy into that. Yeah, honestly, it it doesn't really bother me. It just kind of like I, I do view it all as acts. I I could tell, True. like, I, on both sides, I could tell like whenever like McGregor has these like kind of like I don't want to say like moments of weakness. And same thing with uh, Floyd. Like Flo Floyd has like, Floyd probably has felt more exposed in this like press conferences than ever before. Oh yeah, I agree. And with that. like. Because I don't think he's ever like faced anyone with like with a silver tongue the way McGregor has a silver oh, no. tongue, you know. And 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 then uh, sometimes I'm like watching it and I'm like, are you is he dumb? Like I feel like like oh man, like because he says the same three things over yeah, like, and over. Yeah, he already again. has like these rehearsed scripts, and it's like you can't come out to like these rehearsed scripts. Mm -hmm. Like you just got to be faster with your with your, your with, wit. Your, with your yeah. And it's just like just come out and like freestyle that shit mm -hmm. which he like, doesn't because he's a dummy yeah he doesn't do it and it's just like oh whatever so to me it's like whatever to me it's this is just like 
this is this is reality TV. This is fucking Kardashian shit, and I don't care about it. But but man, if I were Floyd Mayweather, I would have gone after his kid. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. <laughs> the minute he comes out and he says like shout out to my wife and kids, I would have been like, man, don't worry. Well, I think that was a smart move. The only thing smart that Floyd did because if he would have went on after, I would have been like, dude, I'm about to put your kid through college, man. You better be like thanking me. That but it was been. smart for him not to mention that because then Connor could have easily brought up the fact that. Floyd is a convicted um, fucking woman beater. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I feel and he like, doesn't want that out there. Neither does Showtime or the oh, UFC. Oh, no, no. I feel like they, they might have they made a list of things that were on topic and things that you could say. And that's why I feel like this feels really contrived. Like, are there things that they didn't that they said to each other? Like, okay, don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Like, I feel like the whole, like, tax thing is, like, really, like, that's your, like, fighting. Those are your fighting words right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that Floyd didn't pay taxes. It all feels very contrived. It all feels very boring. This is too too reality TV ish for me. So I don't know. I'm it's it's fine though. It's fun. It's fun seeing it. But at the same time, like I'm just ready to see the fight already. Yeah. And I am gonna. I'm dude. I'm gonna like eat that shit up. I'm gonna watch it. Oh yeah, we all are. I think. And then like to me, like I see it going one of two ways. I mean, the most obvious safe bet is that okay, if it goes twelve rounds, it's gonna be like every other fucking Floyd Mayweather fight. Where you go into it, where you just hate this motherfucker, he plays the ultimate heel, you pay to watch him lose. You don't pay, it's not like Tyson where you pay to watch him win. You're paying to watch him lose, you know? And at the end of it, you're gonna be disappointed because one, he's gonna come out with a decision win. It's not even gonna be fun to watch because it's gonna be so fucking boring. And that's and, my fear of it, dude. Yeah, that's my fear too, where it's just like, oh, okay, there was a decision. But. Connor, even though he would lose on record, he would still get the moral victory, kind of like Rocky, where like, okay, I lasted. Here, I'm somebody with a 0-0 zero zero professional boxing record, and I lasted with like the best that you have to give me in a decision. He couldn't knock me out. Like He comes out there in a win-win situation. All Connor has to do is not get knocked out, and he wins no matter what. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I don't think Floyd's knocking out anyone. I no, feel like Floyd I, can, I feel like I can get in there with Floyd and not get knocked out. Yeah, and McGregor... Hey, I mean, here's what we're all paying for, and you said it earlier, like, you hope he wins, and you haven't always been a McGregor fan, and for you no. to say that is like, okay, like, every, well, I feel I, like... I'm also not a, like, like, women beater fan, and that's pretty much why I'm uh, not rooting for, for Floyd Mayweather, because yeah. I think he's a douche, so, like, <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean that's that's it. I love to see a knockout. That's for me. It's like I love to see a knockout in the fourth round. That's what I'm hoping to see. And to me, boxing, like when I look at it, like as somebody who watched it back in the '80s and early '90s, like boxing is such a corrupt sport. I mean, there's a lot of money that goes on or goes through it, and it's there's so much that has to be corrupt with it. I'm hoping McGregor goes in there, knocks out the guy that's 49 and 0, and delegitimizes fucking boxing, and it can start anew with Canelo and Triple G next the month after that. Which he, is a much better fight. Oh yeah, that's, I, like, I, that's a real fight. That is a real boxing match. And those are okay. And here's the thing, like, this is the reason why I think this is like a big circus, and they both know it. it these are just two really big names. This is. How old is Floyd Mayweather? He's like 40-something. I think he's 40, exactly. 40. Uh, 
And he's going up against, like, how old is McGregor? Like, 26 or something? 29. 29. Wham, girl. He just turned 29 on the last press conference. It, it's just oh, like, girl. come on, man. Like, this is this is not, like, a real fight. Like, no real boxer would, would take that. I think he's just hoping, like, this guy's not a real boxer. This guy... This he's going to look foolish. Like, I think he's going to try to make him look foolish. I will say this. I would say that Floyd, at, even at 40... He, he still looks way faster than McGregor. Yeah. And like, but McGregor's not an like. I know that. I know that people will like will like to say that he has his amateur thing, and I'm sure he still practices. He's not practicing the way a boxer trains. Like mm. he does not have those like fast instincts. But and, here's this. I'll bring this up. And remember when um, we, me and you went to go watch McGregor versus Alvarez? I said, dude, I think this is it. I think McGregor loses this fight. And you asked me why, and I was like. Dude, Alvarez is just an overall better fighter. You know, he's the underground king in boxing, you know, and he's like a, like an, a stellar wrestler, which is one of McGregor's weaknesses is, re, you know, facing uh, wrestlers. And I was like, dude, I, I just have that feeling that, you know, Alvarez is going to, you know, beat the shit out of McGregor here. And sure enough, McGregor was like dancing around him, had his hands behind his back, fucking hit, was hitting him with shit that, you know, Eddie Alvarez wasn't even ready for. And, I mean, this is somebody who's, like, a legit-ass, like, overall fighter. Like, probably the best overall fighter that he's faced. He did the same. I'd argue that. I mean, and then Jose Aldo, or Jose Aldo, too. I'd say the best fighter he's ever faced was Diaz. Well, I mean, Diaz was just a horrible matchup because you take away all of McGregor's strengths, which is his length. Because in the featherweight and lightweight division, I mean, he's longer than everybody, even though he's 5'9". Um, he's quicker than most. I mean, so he had a lot of those strengths, but Diaz, he had a longer reach than him. He's way bigger than him. Cause once, you know, the, you know, the weigh-ins are over, you know, Diaz, you know, you know, as soon as he drinks like a bottle of water, he goes up to 200 pounds and you're fighting a guy that has to bulk up to 170, you know? Yeah. He's, he's like natural 200 pounds. This guy is like natural at least 170. I mean, to me, that's like John Jones trying to fight fucking, um, <laughs> trying to fight Cain uh, Velasquez in his prime, like John is John Jones might be the greatest MMA fighter of all time, but like he he's not beating freaking Cain Velasquez after he beat. There, there's a lot of like little things that I would put into Diaz. I feel like Diaz, you could give someone a baseball bat and make him bloody, and that guy would just keep getting up. And yeah, keep he's going. like he's like like McGregor said, he's like Homer Simpson in that episode of The Simpsons where like he just has to stand there and get hit. <laughs> and just punch the guy yeah. because he gets tired. Because... I don't. I don't know if there's like anyone on earth that'll out cardio Diaz. Like that guy just keeps going. Like it's almost like the fucking Terminator, how he just keeps getting out of fire and shit. Yeah. He just keeps going. You're not gonna out cardio this guy. And there's only. I mean, and then there's Nick, his brother, which is who's kind also just as like yeah. keeps going. Yeah. These but are that's... triathlon guys. Yeah. Those are. But those are only two people. Yeah. And as long as McGregor doesn't have to fight those two ever again. Like, there's not many people that they can say that they can, you know, survive yeah. that, that onslaught. Here are the things that I would give the pros to, McGreg- to McGregor. He's, he's younger. He's... Hungrier. I don't know about hungrier, but he's younger. He's stronger. Like, he, he has knockout, like, true knockout power. Yeah. Um, and let me think. There was another one that I had in mind. Um... I think he likes to say that he's unpredictable, but I feel like at the same time, we know we're going to get at him. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to come after him. 
and we know what we're going to get out of Floyd. He's going to back away. It's a lot of back. <laughs> he's going yeah. to back away a lot. And so it almost seems like it's going to be like a lot of like running around. To me, it's going to the fight is going to be determined by whoever can dictate the fight. Who can, whoever can get the the other person to get into their groove, play at their pace. It, to make a basketball analogy, it's like when the Lakers were winning with Shaq and Kobe when they had the triangle going, they were playing that perfect like half court game. When they would lose, it's when you know you know those uh, fast paced teams would get them out of that rhythm. And to me, it's the same thing like. If McGregor can keep it unorthodox and you know throw off uh, Mayweather's like boxing rhythm with you know his rhythm, because that's what a lot of people like. Even Eddie Alvarez said it's just like, dude, he gets you in these, these weird rhythms where you can't read him, and he, he just hits you with the left hand, and all of a sudden you're on the ground. And I mean, if McGregor can you know keep that in his favor, then I, then by the fourth round I can see him knocking out uh, Mayweather. But if they get into a boxing match, which Mayweather's gonna want to do. And McGregor doesn't need to do that, then yeah, of course Mayweather's gonna get that 12th round decision. I think if uh, if they end up going to the ropes, if it like if they're like in a corner somewhere in the clinch, yeah, dude, um, that's McGregor's fight. Like that's something that McGregor would want to. Well, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be trying to corner him the whole fight. I would. Yeah, like. You know, so. Can you imagine that though? Like you got a forty-year-old guy um, who's way smaller than you, and let's just say you're hanging on him. You're gonna tire him out. I mean, as much as you know, as great of an athlete as Floyd is, he has slowed down. That's that, gonna that's that, gonna hurt him. That's going to the Floyd Mayweather things. Floyd probably won't slow down, and here's why: that guy's used to going twelve rounds. That guy is like. A boxer, like he's mm-hmm. training like a boxer. Uh, this guy, this is this is new territory for for McGregor, like going twelve rounds. If that thing goes past the six rounds, like it all of a sudden like but, it becomes lopsided to me. But I look at it like this though, like MMA rounds. Okay, yeah, they're only I mean championship rounds, main event rounds. They're five five minute rounds, so that's twenty five minutes. I mean true, but. When, you, when people bring up uh, Connor's cardio or whatever, you're talking about one time that he got tired because he had to go from a fight where he was going to have to fight at 145, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, i got to gain 30 pounds to fight another guy like in a matter of one week. Like, Of course your cardio is going to be shitty or whatever. What so, was that, the Diaz? The first Diaz fight. He was like that in the second one. Well, he I was mean, like running away from him. I mean, that was just smart tactic though. You know uh, like, and, okay, you call this smart tactics, but we'll talk about running away from McGregor. I, I mean, I wouldn't call it running away. He was running out of a bad, a bad clinch. I just want to put a bookmark on you calling running away smart tactics. That wasn't like in at that case, moment. That in was in case Floyd Mayweather wins by running away. We'll bookmark that one. Well, it would be smart for Floyd to <laughs> uh, run away, like you said. If he gets him on the rope and starts clin- if McGregor starts clinching okay. Mayweather on the ropes, it would be smart for him to roll out of that position because it's a position he's never gonna win. In a real fight, Mayweather's not winning a fight against Chad Mendes, you know, so it'd be smart for him to roll out and start boxing him. I mean, that's something that everybody does. GSP has done, Chuck Liddell's done, all the greats have done. When you're in a bad position where it's like, am I going to prove how tough I am by just staying in this clinch, or am I going to roll out of it? I mean, nine, nine times out of ten, you're going to roll out of it or tap out. I mean, McGregor tapped out once. He didn't want to do it again. So he's like, hey, we're going to keep this on our feet, and we're going to box and that's that's 
what he did on there. So that's why I'm calling you smart. I don't know. I, he had his back turned to him. That's why I don't call it whatever. But that's a different <laughs> fight. I don't think you box with your back turned to someone. But um, but uh, going back to this fight, like I feel like McGregor has like a huge advantage. Like as far as reach goes and strength goes, I can totally see a knockout. Oh yeah. I can totally see a knockout, and I can totally see it early on because McGregor early on in fights is like the deadliest dude with like with 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 his left hand like i think he said it himself like the human skull is not built to take his left hand no like and i think they did a test too um a year or so ago um i think it was during international fight week and they were they were testing you know like who has like the hardest punch and i think john jones ended up having the the, be the best one and when they when they calibrated everything out when mcgregor came in number two with his left hand Everybody else was hitting with their right, but he came in at number two above everyone else minus John Jones yeah. with his left hand. I mean, and that's one of Mayweather's weaknesses is southpaws. Yeah. And McGregor, he doesn't get more unorthodox than than him, you know. And he, he doesn't. And another thing, someone brought up to, um, I, I believe it was uh, Brendan Schwab. He was talking about. He goes, all Connor has to do is not box like a boxer because i mean that's what everybody does you know they want to get into this good rhythm this professional rhythm but if they can throw him off it's kind of like jordan like when he got crossed over by um alan iverson mm -hmm. he wasn't used to seeing some street ball shit like that he was used to like <laughs> gary payton coming up you know bouncing it between his legs one two three and trying to drive to the basket he wasn't ready for like that crossover shit yeah. so of course he got crossed over and if, if he can keep it like in, in his rhythm and to keep throwing Floyd Mayweather off with, you know, with that, I can definitely see a knockout with that, like, early on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I agree 100%. Like, I think that in the first three rounds, or even, like, the Jose Aldo fight where he, like, one punch, one two punch, punch, you know, it was, like, I can totally see, which would be a boring fight, but at the same time, like, I could totally see Dude, that. Dude, he would be a fucking legend if he fucking knocks out Floyd Mayweather in, like, in, in a minute. Let's just say he did it in, within a minute. I could totally see something like that happening. That would be worth fucking $500. I'd pay $500 for that. I would say, besides Canelo, he hasn't fought anyone with this kind of punching power. Mm -hmm. And, like... In a while, I don't know about early on. Like and Shane Mosley really... was like a hundred years old. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he just hasn't fought anyone with this kind of punching power, and mm -hmm. he's going in against a guy who is ready to punch him. He's an aggressive, aggressive fighter. He's gonna go after him. And you gotta look at the hunger here too. You gotta look at the motivation for both fighters. Floyd Mayweather retired two years ago. Like he he said, I am done. He mentally checked out and said, There's nothing more I need to prove. I am done. And then you get these rumblings of even before this fight was even rumored that he's in financial trouble. He owes the IRS all this money. So it's more of a like, I need to do this as opposed to I want to do this. I'm hungry. Kind of like uh, George Foreman did back in the 90s. Um, whereas you look at Mayweather, he doesn't have anything to lose. All he has to do is just not get knocked out, which I'm pretty sure Nate Diaz is a hundred million times harder puncher than Mayweather ever was or will be or whatever. And he never got knocked out, got knocked out by Diaz. 
So all he has to do is not get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather, which I'm pretty sure he can do, manage. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm willing to bet a lot of – but, yeah, he's not getting knocked out. I'll bet my dog right now that May, yeah. Mayweather's not knocking out McGregor. But all McGregor has to do is not get knocked out. He can lose the fight at a decision, and he still wins. But he's hungry to prove um, how good – in the name of MMA, how legitimate you know MMA fighters are, in the name of that – his own personal brand, it gives him a new challenge. I mean, he has you know all these obstacles that he he's all about doing, and not only that, he's doing this for a brand new son that he just has. So he's doing it for more positive and more motivating reasons than Mayweather, who's just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, man, I just need this money, I just need this paycheck, you know? Like, there's no other reason other than like, oh, I'm gonna go 50 and 0, but that 50 and 0 is gonna be an asterisk. Like, that's that's like boxing like the Undertaker or whatever. Like it doesn't really yeah. mean anything if you beat if you beat if you beat McGregor like of course you're supposed to beat McGregor you know so it's just like it means more for McGregor so I think I feel like Connor's got that in his favor as well where it's just like he's got that more of a hunger legit reason to to fight Mayweather yeah I don't I mean yeah I guess it means more to Connor because he he's the one crossing over the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, like if you showed up to work every day, it would just be another work day for you. But if you start a new job, this you'll remember that first day of work. Oh yeah, definitely. So that I guess in that sense, like yeah, I, I could see how like this is a bigger deal for for McGregor. Even during the press conference, he said, you know, like it ain't like this during MMA like press conferences. Like it's different. Everything's different for him. He's the fish out of water. So I'm pretty sure he 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 is the guy with like more. Like, more to prove. More to prove. He's the, he's the one. You know, it's his first day of school. He has to show the new – and he just transferred to a new school. So he has to show the new kids that he's What's cool. What? Yeah, you know, like – Or I'd make this analogy. He's like the fucking prisoner that's got to – he's got to punk the toughest dude in the fucking prison for supremacy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that's a pretty good analogy. Um, so I could see all that. I, I, I get all that. I, I could see that. I didn't – I never thought about it that way. For, for me, I still feel like – both of them, their main motivations, money. Oh yeah, and definitely. it's like, and I feel like that's like hugely under, like, under, underrated. Like, yeah, well, these guys, big. these guys can retire after this fight. Like, this is this is huge for them. So, do with that said, do you think McGregor returns back to UFC and takes a massive pay cut? Um, if he wants to continue fighting, yeah, because I feel like this is his one shot to beat a forty-year-old. I think who do you fight next, Canelo, and then really get knocked out? Because Canelo will fucking kill him. Oh like, yeah. Triple G will fucking kill him. Like yeah. those are real fighters in their prime. Uh, and so like, um, this is like I feel like my main thing saying like this guy has a shot is like, this is a forty year old at the end of his career doesn't really have hasn't much done it in two years. Yeah, he doesn't really have. There's there's a lot of pros. There's that I could see him winning this fight with, you know? He doesn't have punching power. He's a defensive boxer. I could see him winning. I could see um, I could see both guys winning this fight, but I could definitely see Floyd Mayweather getting knocked down in this fight. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think it would be a good idea for him to continue boxing because, you know, the next guy he would fight would have to be an equally large name. And the two biggest, the, the two biggest names after that would probably be Canelo and Triple G. Yeah, because you can't go down to fucking... 
Joe Schmo the fucking in Boston or whatever. You got you you got to keep fighting at a high level at this point. Yeah, if you yeah you can't go you can't downgrade after that. And I feel like after that, yeah, I could see Triple G knocking him out. I can definitely see Canelo knocking him out. And I feel like, yeah, that's not gonna be a good thing for his brand. Now let me ask you this though, but does he go back to MMA though? Like, or does he just hang it up altogether and just say, hey, I've done everything I can. I I was a two two champs. Two, two division champ in MMA. I beat the quote unquote best boxer of all time. Um, it's time to you know be a partner in the UFC. And I just... could see him, especially since he just had a kid. I could see if, if he if he wins this fight, if he knocks him out, I think he could retire. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he retires. That's like that Jordan last shot against Utah. Like that's no better perfect way to go out. Yeah, I think if he loses this fight. And it's a very like lopsided fight where it looks like he can't handle his own. I feel like he almost has to go back to MMA. Okay, and then the rumor is because Dana White was asked, you know, the similar question, like, you know, does McGregor does he come back to MMA? And he's like, of course he comes back to MMA. And they were, the next follow up question to that was, well, how how are you guys going to compensate him? I mean, there's no way you guys can match like this payday that he's going to get. Uh, from this Mayweather fight, I mean, you go. I mean, the next logical fight that he's going to have is going to be against either Tony Ferguson or Khabib. I'd love to see Khabib. Him. I'll say this, but like, I let, let me finish is, the thought. But I love Khabib even more. But let me finish the thought though. Like, okay, those two fights right there. I mean, that that's a that's a sharp decline, like in a payday. Like, to to go like twelve rounds in a in a cardio match against Floyd versus two maulers like Khabib and Tony Ferguson. For less money, does he do that? And then, and Dana White's response is, "Well, we're gonna make sure Connor is very happy." And the rumor is, is that they're gonna make him a partner in the UFC. I mean, they could do whatever they want. I mean, it's their. But dumb. I mean, but I mean, if if you become a partner in the UFC, do you continue fighting? Um, win, lose, or draw. At that point, you're just financially set. I think at that point, you have to consider your family. He does have a kid now. You don't want to like end up like <coughs> like uh, Muhammad Ali and like have like that whole like shook brain syndrome, whatever that's oh, called. Parkinson's. You don't want to end up with that whole Parkinson's thing where you're like shaking the rest of your life. You know, like he's still a relatively young dude. He has a he has a good thing going for him. If I were him, I would retire if I knocked out Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I probably would just hang it up and be like, yo, I got belts, I'm the man, I'm out of here. That way they can't really dispute you. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a promoter at that point, which is like... Yeah, and he can hype up. At that point, you probably just see him on like like Ultimate Fighter or something like that. And then like he's just there and he's the coach or some shit. You know, mm-hmm. and like he's still a figure in the sport. He could still be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you look at like how Ronda Rousey like kind of flamed out. Yeah. Like you don't want to do that because... Okay, and I'm gonna be completely serious. The 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 fight I want to see in MMA would probably be Khabib versus uh, Diaz, because to me those are like the two like most animalistic dudes out there. Flo- I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib. I don't know about that. Like, I feel like that's a crazy fight. I feel like that's a crazy fight, but I feel like Khabib like I'd like to see Khabib fight a polar bear. Like that's how fucking like animalistic <laughs> I think Khabib is. Cause he's like that. He's like that Drogo from Rocky Four or whatever. Like he's like that Rocky Three. I don't know. That's a scary man. Like that. He, he, and that he just knows one one 
direction that's just kill you know and he's like that he's that wrestler he's like the ultimate wrestler which is connor's ultimate weakness is yeah. against wrestlers and i mean it'd be interesting i mean connor you know he's got good you know takedown defense where you know he would you know try to stop that at all costs and keep it on the on his feet and i mean it'd be interesting because khabib you know it'd be interesting seeing, seeing him try to fight you know you know on his feet against mcgregor like that as well the other side of it i mean it works both ways you know who who could control the fight in their favor you know that 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 would be the big selling point on that but you can't sleep on tony ferguson either i mean he's got everything that that nate diaz had on mcgregor he's taller he's longer he's just as strong and he's way more unorthodox than mcgregor it's another orthodox as you can call mcgregor tony ferguson is even more unorthodox and he's not as good of a shit talker, but he's a pretty damn good shit talker himself. Yeah, I feel like eh, about that. I mean, like I feel like the two, the two dudes that are like the most like threat to him would be Khabib and Diaz, and I feel like those are the fights that most people want to see. Oh yeah. I I, I guess I would have said like Jose Aldo, but Jose Aldo looks like he's on his way out too. Like, oh dude, yeah. Talk about decline. Man. Yeah, I mean, he's he declined pretty quickly. I mean, I think it all started with that 13-second knockout, and he did kind of have, like, that little comeback. Yeah, where, where he, he, like, beefed up. Yeah, where he beefed up and he beat, um, oh, shit. I can't think of the name either, dude. God damn, it's too late in the day, but I, I, I'm embarrassed that I forgot it. Um, we both watched it. We watched it together. Yeah, UFC 200. Um, God damn, he's the number one contender now, too. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Um, fuck, what's his name? God, little scrappy dude. Handsome as fuck, too. <laughs> tattoos? Yeah. Um, Handsome as fuck. Tattoos. Yeah. From New York. From New York. God damn it. I think you're pretty sure he's Italian. Rams with Steve. No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, we saw, you know, fucking Jose Aldo come back against him or whatever. But even that, like, I mean, it was just like... An alright fight. I mean, I was halfway like, you know, checking my Facebook during that fight, anyways. But then it was like Max Holloway came out and totally embarrassed him on that. But I mean, my whole point is just like, or he could go back and defend that belt. That'd be kind of all right. The featherweight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, but he already beat that guy. He already beat Max Holloway already. I know, but I feel like just if if you're just trying to put a fight together, like that guy's available. And then Diaz is available and Khabib is available. Those are the three fights that I think matter. And I think too with, with Diaz, like he's already said, like he doesn't want to fight any him and Nick too. Like Nick doesn't want to fight anybody but GSP and Nate. He's like, I ain't fighting anybody else until I fight Conor. Uh, I'd like to see, dude. If that was one night, like GSP and um, Nick, Nick, man. And then you had uh, the next card would be like Nate and um, Connor and Connor Jews. Oh yeah, that. Oh, you take my money. That's a hundred dollar fight. I'll pay for that. Oh yeah, but will it happen? Probably not. I mean, Dana White's gonna try to protect McGregor as much as possible. Is that like? I mean, that's like you said. You don't want to have those losses start stacking up, and you know he starts Ronda Rousey because at this point, Ronda Rousey's name is like a hurt brand at this point. Yeah, I think if he loses this fight. I think UFC will probably give him an easy fight to come back with. Mm -hmm. I think what would happen is is 
Tony Ferguson and Khabib have to fight, and then whoever comes out of that, that's who's fighting the Ferguson. But you need to get that fight started now. Like, yeah. I because you the more that. you drag drag that on, like I mean, the more like the longer that like drags out, like I mean, I'm not that hype up on Tony Ferguson. I'm really yeah, I'm not that hype on him. Dude, the last person he beat was the former lightweight champ as well. Yeah, I'm not that hyped up about him. Los I just, I guess like I'm a huge Khabib fan though. Like I love Khabib. I mean, the guy's undefeated. I mean, he's from he wears that cute little fucking um, afro thing. You know? so, yeah. So I mean, how can you not be a fan? I love Khabib. Like I feel like maybe because I saw that video of like his dad training him in like the military and like he was only like allowed to eat tree bark as a child. <laughs> like goddamn, like there's videos. You can YouTube videos of him wrestling bears as a child, and it's just like it doesn't get more rugged than that. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That's why I like to see Khabib, because Khabib don't give a fuck. Like, that should be a shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, like Khabib does not give a fuck. I think he even put McGregor on blast, and McGregor never said anything. Where he's that whole like, Russia has fifty million people, Ireland only has two million people. I think he did respond. He just laughed. I was like, oh man, I want to see that as a fight. Like, you need to make that. I, and I feel like at that point, it's like, you have to fight this guy. Like, well, granted, he hasn't really like done much recently either. Khabib. But Khabib also has issues. Like, he also he always has health issues, and he also always has like weight cutting issues. When he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson recently, yeah. um, you know, he couldn't make one fifty five. I mean, and that's that's always shown to be a big problem with fighters if you're not able to make weight. Yeah. Um, Johnny Hendricks has a big problem with that too, and he even had to move up a weight class, and he still had problems making weight. And once you start having problems making weight, you're, you're it, something mental happens where it's like you're not as sharp as you can be because you're not meeting your goal. And not only that, like there's something going on in your body too as well. So I mean, he does have that going against him. And he is having a lot of issues. Or I think he had to go to the hospital actually. Um, this last yeah, time. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah so he I mean, was like hospitalized the night before. Yeah, which which is weird for a legit reason too. It wasn't like Amanda Nunes where she had like a sinus infection and didn't want to yeah. fight. And that's my only concern with him. But getting a little bit off topic here. But anyways, Floyd Mayweather prediction. Uh, say what you will. I mean, I feel like anytime I get overconfident and say McGregor's gonna do something, like he he is. He lost, <laughs> and that was the first time you know he fought Nate. And I feel like ever since then I've kind of always been shaky. I've had that kind of fear. So like I'm gonna say Mayweather wins decision, but it's like a rocky finish where even though he doesn't win the fight, he gets the moral victory for lasting. And I, I say he knocks down uh, Mayweather a couple of times. And I guess I'd be okay with that because that means that there'd be a UFC return, and I still want to see a uh, McGregor Diaz. Part three fight. I think the whole world does. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, or it could be McGregor fight. But uh, I honestly think that McGregor will knock him out in the fourth round. And oh. it's going to be like huge ass news. And I wouldn't be surprised if he retires, especially since he just had his kid. Mm. And I think he's at a good place. And I think he realizes he's not going to get this kind of money in the UFC. He had to do like five fights to make this money. And it frees him up, too, to start doing movies and stuff like that, which he's been turning down right and left. Is, so. he, is he thinking about doing movies? Well, they've been wanting him for that. He was supposed to actually be in Game of Thrones, I heard, too, but he turned that down, too, just for, like, training purposes and stuff. So, Which, 
I respect. I would fucking put everything I want to be on Game of Thrones. Yeah. But, um... Oh, shit. I, there was another point. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to be fucking in Vegas for this fight. Yeah. I fully expect to paint my body green and my hair orange and fucking start chanting ole, ole, ole. Yeah. All the live long day. How did that become his thing? Oh, there's just soccer hooligans. Yeah, it's like... Irish, they're, they're just wild soccer fans. Uh, I feel like that's like every soccer team. I don't understand how that became a thing for him. But, but aren't like Irish fans, like the Irish soccer fans, aren't they like some of the rowdiest though? Yeah. yeah I guess. I mean, because like to me, like I look at, okay, let's transition to soccer for like two minutes here. Alright. Like, <laughs> like at the, every like game I've seen, like where it's like Team USA versus Mexico, those are very pedestrian fans. We're like, are p- pedestrian Any... events. Any soccer game in the United States, it's, it's soft. Yeah. Like, I always just feel like, okay, Mexican fans are passionate, but, like, they're just, like, it's just like, fuck you, yo, stop. But, like, when you get to those European teams, like, they start chanting here's, and doing wild things. Here's the matchup you want to see right now. You want to see Argentina play Germany. Oh, yeah. Because that shit is a soccer riot waiting to happen. Well, I'm team Argentina yeah. all the way. And here's why Ireland is not that crazy, because Ireland has a terrible team. But don't they have like crazy fans? Hundred dollars if you name two players on that team. They, I guess they do, but it's just like, it's mostly like right now. I think that they realize, like, yeah, I guess historically they've had soccer riots, but they're not like, historically. Okay, yeah, I I guess like historically, yeah, like they have a reputation for it. Yeah, okay. They're notorious for being. I mean, pun intended. They're notorious for being, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showing up and just chanting all the time. Yeah, but that's like saying like the Bears notoriously have like a good defense, which which I is get, true, which is true, but not right now. So, I don't know. <laughs> which will last like a yeah. year or two, and then they'll go back to what yeah. they are. So it's like the Cowboys always have like a flashy player that's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. God damn you. <laughs> Well, on that note, I'm depressed. <laughs> don't be grabbing no more titty, Ezekiel. All right. What's up with that? <laughs> All right. And on that note, everybody, good night. Yes, good night.